but we seem to be relying on Trigger's broom out yeah. there and, and elbow grease, which is a bit of a surprise. Lights out, and away we go! Welcome to an American's Guide to Formula One. I'm Andy Lewis. And I'm Tim Lewis. Now let's start the show. Let's start the show indeed. We're back with another episode of An American's Guide to Formula One. And we're joined in studio by Papa T-Sauce. What's up, Dad? Well, you know, just kind of getting around town. Just kind of getting around. Just kind of getting around town. Getting going. Getting doing it. Getting jacked up. Had a fun race. Man, Brazil always delivers. Seems to. I feel like we say that a lot. There's just certain tracks that just always deliver, and Brazil is definitely one of them. And good news, it's... Uh, they confirmed at the weekend that it's on the calendar till 2030. Yikes. Did you really think you'd be talking about things till 2030? No. Not really. <laughs> we li- we'd like... Like, I'm still in high school, man. I know. Oh. Crazy. Uh, 1973. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. 1973. Well, 74 is when I graduated, nice. but 73 is when things really were popping. Popping off, as they say. <laughs> um, as we said, uh, this is going to be our race reaction to the Brazil weekend. Um, and boy, did we have a, a interesting start. Lots to talk about. So we're going to dive in. Our uh, opening clip was from the preamble to the start of the weekend before qualifying because there was a, a different category of racing and the, the track was so dirty that we were delayed for sweeping. <laughs> and let's just listen to what Brundle said again. But we seem to be relying on Trigger's broom out yeah. there and, and elbow grease, which is a bit of a surprise. He said before it, when he was trying to do a piece out on track, they had big sweeping trucks, but... As now they were just waiting for some guy to sweep. Apparently, Trigger, he knew Trigger. the guy, apparently. Yeah, he probably had a chat with him. Uh, lucky guy. Elbow yeah. and elbow grease. But um, yeah. from the delayed start to qualifying to the bizarre finish of qualifying, man, that I have. Have you ever seen a storm like that roll in like that? How wild. Like it went from day to night. night. It was crazy. It was dark. Oh man, that's the that's what we should have gotten was Brundle saying because he's like he's like if it does rain, it's gonna be biblical. <laughs> <laughs> they were him and Crafty were calling for the construction of an ark apparently, and like yeah. it actually, I heard that the the infrastructure in the area is not great, and there was like actual flooding, and like it made it difficult to get out of the paddock and stuff that week that that night. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 sinking or something. Yeah, um, but it because of that, you know, we had a, we had a really big shakeup to the qualifying order that that left me very excited. I don't know about you, but I mean, I didn't think we would talk about a Lance Stroll P three. I had a I thought I was like having a visual. I know like I was like I was like, like rubbing t- the screen like and a TIA like, or something. Uh, did, I'm moving. Up did my edible kick in way they, harder than I thought? That crack, I got to get that fixed because it's changing the name. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, what? That's uh, Alonzo Below? Below Stroll? Mm. Um, but, I mean, it, it is just who could who could get that lap together and got out on track fast yeah. enough, um, was rewarded big time uh, before the weather came in. Uh, and I guess there was also some very weird um, 
wind gusts that were catching drivers out where you have these momentary swells of 30 mile an hour winds because of how fast the storm was moving in and Leclerc said it was in all of his life he's never experienced weather like that where he's like I was like I swear it's raining but it's not raining yet but it was just the wind and these gusts that were blowing these cars around because you know they're so aerosensitive so mm. yeah it was Never a dull moment. I really... How do you figure? But before we get... That was into Q3 when that happened. But, man, Q2 was one of the most exciting uh, moments of qualifying. Very, very similar to uh, to Mexico and the, and the bizarre nature of it. But for a, for a little bit there, um, before Max was able to really hook up some laps, and, I mean, to his credit, always kind of did, but... You know, it was really interesting seeing, uh, you know, Max in P4, Max in P5, P3 as times cycled through. But we for every bit of qualifying, there was, you know, McLaren was above them, Hamilton was above them. Um, but, yeah, it was, uh, it was really, I almost wish that the Q2 finishing order would have been the race results, but um, we ended up getting into Q3 and the weather came and, and shook everything up. Um, and then, which, which was, which left me excited. I feel like there's been a lot of races <laughs> late where we have a very exciting qualifying and then the race seems to be very conventional, which definitely wasn't the case in, in Brazil, but we still have to talk about that later, but we'll have to talk about the sprint race before that because we had the return of a, of a, of a good sprint. Yeah. It was enjoyable. Oh, and before we will, before we get into the sprint race, we have to talk about that the crash between Ocon and Alonso in in the sprint shootout, and where where we all landed on that. Because I saw some pretty great memes of 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 Alon, you know, of Ocon getting in Ocon's way, kind of thing. <laughs> um, he was adamant in post race. I don't know if you saw any of this. That he was adamant that he was not in a corrective, not making a correction. He was not scooping up a slide. Look. We all saw, yeah, um, and that it was Alonzo at fault, and I'm pretty. And the FIA and stewards ruled no further ass action, like it was just mm -hmm. a racing incident. Which, how, where did you come down on that? But you know, I really thought he moved left. It, I mean, I mean, he turned. He turned. It, it showed left turning on the steering wheel, but but he also was going through a left hand corner. It is a it is a counterclockwise circuit. So and he was coming. That was right after the Senna S's. That's that left turn. Yeah, but how do you get out of shape to where he had to? I think to I, go to lock to left. To I don't think he was all the way to the right. Like he was in the middle of a track. Yeah, I think yeah. there was a. I think Brundle said, you know, yeah, leave a car's width, but that was a a Mini Cooper's car width <laughs> instead <laughs> of a like instead of a F one car width. I I really think my there's no doubt Alonso is moving left. There's it, as as much as Ocon wants to say he wasn't arresting a slide or or that any sort of like catch was not one that was not typical that most drivers were feeling or or having to deal with at that corner. Um, but I, I'm I'm guessing because it's what I want to say is like they're both at fault and to penalize one driver. I don't think they could have really gotten to that 51% uh, fault. And so it was just... Well, 
Ocon wasn't on a fast lap, though. Yeah, he was. They both were? No. I think Alonso was on a cool-down lap, and Ocon was on a hot lap. Okay. Or at least a prep lap. He was he was moving quicker. Yeah. I think he was on a, a flyer. Okay. So maybe it was a little bit of the team not, not uh, giving enough information. Maybe it was... Just being out of position a little bit, but I think Alonso could a could have done more room, but I think Ocon was was definitely not in complete, let's say, complete yeah. control of the vehicle at the time. Yeah, and I think maybe you know the the penalty was that both of them were out, you know, yeah. and had to fight back. And there's there's no really what are you going to penalize them from the back? Like mm-hmm. um, they're already at a deficit, so I think it was it was kind of fine to just um, to move on. Um, this was our last sprint race of the season, and I gl- I'm glad we finished sprint races on a high note because, I mean, and it just also showed that, like, when you're at a track where overtaking is capable, drivers are going to overtake. Drivers are going to fight. And I really don't buy, you know, uh, well, no driver is going to really risk anything for no points. I don't know about you, but I, I saw plenty of battles outside of the points throughout the sprint throughout the race throughout the entire weekend and it just shows that racing driver is not just a title but it's a mentality that these guys have where if they smell an overtake it doesn't matter if it's for 17th um Mm -hmm. they're gonna go for it yeah well we we quote senna yeah many times on if a driver goes doesn't go for a, a gap. He ceases to be a driver. Yeah, who it's, cares if it's for last place? It's I'm not in last place now, at yeah. least. You know, <laughs> like, uh, I'm one higher up. Yeah. So. And uh, I know we, we, we kind of didn't talk about it while we were watching the race together, which was also really fun to actually sit down and watch the race with you again, just like the good old days. Yeah, baby. Uh, but... There is, there was a lot. Of, there's a lot of talk about. I don't think. I don't think the sprints at risk of going away, which it shouldn't, because I love it. I mean, there are some duds. Like Austin wasn't great, but in the grand scheme of things, would you rather watch us a, a 19 to 20 lap sprint race or another practice session? I'm going to choose the race. Yeah. Every time, even if it's a boring race, I'm still going to choose it. Well, four out of the five sprint races. Yeah, good. It was actually exciting. Really, a whole lot, like you said, a whole lot more uh, exciting than watching free practice. I mean, and and think of the things like looking back on the sprints this year that we saw. We saw Oscar Piastri win his first F one category or or section. You know, we saw Norris get up in the podium. We saw, you know, that was I think some of those sprint weekends were the first times we saw Mercedes and stuff come back from behind. We saw at at this race, we saw um, Ricardo and Sonoda, you know, they were the, AlphaTauri was the only um, team to uh, not have scored points in the sprint category until this week. And we saw Sonoda P6. Mm-hmm. And we saw, you know, yeah. some really awesome drives to get there. We saw, I mean, when did you think you would see Sonoda pass Lewis Hamilton? Uh, although it was kind of cool. Yeah. It just doesn't seem... In the realm of possibility, it didn't, and then but we got it on a sprint. You wouldn't have seen that in a, in a practice yeah, session. We got more to talk about 
about Merck. Oh yeah, we got a big. Baby. That's a big section. We're gonna need yeah. to dedicate some time to the absolute failure. Is that, is that, that was. the? Uh, let's take it on down to Poopy Town. Let's take you down down to Poopy Town. Poopy Town. Um, but uh, did you? What do you think? You know, because we've talked about it. I think on the last podcast that you know doing a reverse grid order or but the one that seemed to gain a lot of attention this weekend that they were talking about on you know that Mutt Brundle and Crofty and them were talking about uh was making the sprint its own championship or its its own separate thing getting some sort of big sponsor to put up a huge prize like each sprint race would win a million dollars and x amount would go to a charity of the driver's choosing or um what do you, what are your thoughts on having it be standalone and not part of the world championship points well my my thing about sprint weekend sprint race weekends or is it just seems it's so cram full of events to get to that point yeah and it seems to be a lot to cram into one weekend um it's hectic um i like it but is it is it gonna is it gonna be too much for the teams to be able to muster that kind of energy and um well i mean we just kind of touched on it when we were talking about mercedes and their their poopiness yeah and We'll, we'll talk about this more in detail, but it is, they do believe that it is the sprint that caught them out because you have, I mean, the, I heard as little as 10 to 20 laps before you're, you're qualifying. But I think mm-hmm. that that highlights drivers who can arrive and drive and that raw, pal- that raw pace versus, you know, using the data, using the machine, the, the, the team, data team, you know, strategist team, analytics to get to that overall lap time. Like it's the difference between a Leclerc and a Science, right? Mm-hmm. Leclerc shows up when he doesn't crash and <laughs> and is usually, you know, he's on the front row. Mm-hmm. If he has a car that's capable of getting them, he delivers that. Whereas Science, you know, is maybe a couple tenths off and then over the weekend gets much closer you know, finds and uses his brain and his work ethic to get back on level or close as, closer than most to a, a talent like Leclerc or, or something. And and I, I do like that that component of the sprint, but I think some of the things that they really are trying to get back to is having qualifying properly be on a Saturday, um, which I think would, would alleviate some of that. But my take, and I'll, I'll ask you again, is... Do you think the sprints should carry world championship points? Yes or no? I think yes. Absolutely. I I don't I don't want to see sprint world champion and yeah. driver world champion. I actually think that cheapens it even more. I don't think it adds anything to it. And and the FIA will get their mitts in it as a Oh, an additional money maker. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. They'll screw that up. Or just sponsors, and we're going to get the dumbest sponsors. Farina yeah. Puppy One Shall Sprint Race, yeah. you know, and like I just don't. I, no, I, I, no, I don't want it to be a separate thing. I, I want think it to be all part of it. I just wonder if it's too hectic. It, I mean, it's exciting and jam packed full of action. 
there's more on the line with less time to practice on any given track. But then I think that's kind of what I like. It's make, let's, who are the drivers? What, yeah. This enhances who the drivers are and how they race. But if you look at like, like if you look at what's happened, it's it uh, with, with some of the backfield, you know, that, that battle for seventh place. I mean, AlphaTauri went from dead last to now contending for seventh and looking on, on pace if, if especially if Alpine can't finish a race. Uh. Um, but passing Williams in the standings for points, you know, and, like, I think you throw, and you look at, you know, Sonoda getting up in P6, that's, what is that? That's two points? Yeah. Or, th- no, that's more because it's eight Eight, seven, six, five, four. It's three points, three constructors, three world championship points for a team like AlphaTauri, where you know that's that's millions of dollars. Oh, no doubt. You know, and I I think if that's not enough of an, an incentive, but like we said, we saw great action down. You know, in with because you had Fernand, you had Fernando and Ocon both out of position because of their 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 crash you had mm-hmm. piastri down there because he had no idea he didn't seem to have any idea what he was doing mm-hmm. around sao paulo because it was the first time he had ever ever driven a car around it mm-hmm. let alone a formula one car um so you just saw you know some really great battles um going going on i think i think racing is racing you, these like we said these are racing drivers they're always going to race mm. Because you can you can intellectually say, uh, there's not a lot at, on the stake at stake. Let's not hurt the car. But you get in that seat, you get strapped in, engine fires up, and then you start feeling that you know, oh, I got this guy. I'm gonna get him. Like, oh, <laughs> penalty. You know, like I'm gonna penalize him for breaking late there. Like they can't help it. You know, there's a reason why they're there. Right. Um, and uh, but I I think I think I would like to see. Reverse grid order in championship standings, not qualifying. But then, and then that would also eliminate the need for a sprint qualifying or sprint shootout. Um, and you, which you, then you could give back a practice session and you just say, we're going to run the sprint in reverse championship order, period. But Interesting. I don't, because, because if you do a qualifying order, these guys are too cunning. You know, a, a, a wily old fox like Alonzo or a Max, they're just going to sabotage their lap to come in last, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, but, like, imagine seeing Sargent at the front of the pack and Max in P19, P20, knowing he's, I'm going to get there. <laughs> I'm going to get in the points, you know? And what kind of action? For then, a 20-lap race? Well, yeah, but if you have, but that's when you would actually see. I think we could really see the real pace of an RB nineteen. Because do you think we've actually ever really seen the pace of that car? Maybe a couple times. I'm not. I don't think. Maybe I, we probably haven't. So, but if, and I mean, maybe Max, maybe what we wouldn't have seen, especially if Max is double, you know, anybody else in the points. Um, but I, I just think, I think it would be wild to see reverse grids. Or, well, no, I understand what you're saying, but would there be so many undue moments of risk taking 
with such a short race trying to yeah but then would you they have, have to make but you it have the cost cap you have the you yeah. gotta have your car for the weekend i think you you know mm -hmm. they're pros don't crash yeah yeah it's i don't know i it's I, very it's a it's a very interesting thought if anything leave it alone leave it the way it is yeah just um, have it but, Just but continue to have it and be selective on the tracks. I would, I mean, um, I think, you know, Brazil is obviously a great one. Silverstone's obviously a great one. Uh, but it, it definitely needs to be tracks where overtaking is possible. Yeah. How about this? What if we had sprint races on off Grand Prix weeks? Yeah, but I think then it, then it's a logistical thing, right? And, like, a rest thing for drivers. And, like, how do you have a car Well, there? they would always be for the race coming up. Yeah, but what happens when you're in these triple runs, too? How do you have an off week? Well, that's the thing. You have to make the schedule work. Maybe take some time out of the summer break. Uh, and, they're, and instead of having a week in between Grand Prix races, you could still have week a weekend between Grand Prix races, yeah. except for when you had a sprint race, then it would be, you know, we'll go from a Grand Prix race, yeah, next week's sprint race at the track coming up, and then the, the following week will be that Grand Prix race at that track where the sprint race will. I just, I, I think that, that sounds kind. It, it's um, I, I already got complicated, but it's also just I just think I uh, the logistics of. Uh, Matteo Patty sent me a great TikTok of a of a, a guy explaining how they get team the cars to things. Yeah, and that I mean they do have multiple cars, and but they have basically legs of cars where like you know all of the Middle East races that's one car that goes to that race, mm. and it just goes to that. And then they have like a, a Island Pacific Asia Pacific kind of region, it gets shipped around for there, um, but you know. There are. It's not the same car that goes to every single event. That would be impossible. But it's 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 an immense undertaking that I can't imagine being in charge of uh, getting cars from one part of the world to the next with customs. With I mean, just yeah. like and then to to try and do that on an off week, I just think would be yeah crazy. But I think we're both we're both very on the same page that. Uh, the world championship points need to stay a thing of it. I would like to, it is weird to have qualifying on a Friday. I will, I will yeah. agree with that. Uh, I mean, I like watching some, I like having something exciting to watch early on in the week, but, um, it does feel kind of disjointed. It feels like a, Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, okay. Now we have to do this other thing. Yeah. Oh, get back excited for the race again. Um, but I, I I think you and I have always been a fan of the sprint, continue to be a fan of the sprint, and just keep refining it. We're going to find, you know, yeah. the right format. And the other thing I want to say is if, we want, if we're looking for opportunities to get more world championship points, fuck the fastest lap during the race. Like, I mean, that's, that's fine. Or keep it. I don't care. I think it adds a little bit of drama. But give some points for pole. I still think it's crazy that there's no points for pole, especially with tracks like brazil like mexico you know some of these tracks where where um pole necessarily isn't necessarily an advantage to getting it 
But imagine getting one or two world championship points for getting a pole. I, I just think that that should be... You should get points for pole, in my opinion. I've always thought that that's odd, that the, the at, at the time in which the car is the fastest car of the whole weekend, that's not being rewarded with world championship points. Would that somehow dilute the tension and the excitement and the um, imp- the forefront of the Grand Prix race? How? how? I, I think it would only... I mean, I think they need to actually bring more viewership to qualifying. I think especially especially in a season like the season we're having because because yes the the our, the the Red Bull's real dominance comes in its race pace. And so you want to see closer knit battles, you want to see driver like I think it highlights the driver more than the car. Qualifying highlights the driver more than the car. Because even here, even at Brazil, Mercedes didn't look that bad in qualifying. No. But then you throw them on a race, and they, I mean, it, like I think Brundle said, it looks like they have a parachute, that they're dragging a parachute yeah. around. Yep. Um, and so I think, and I, and I always am trying to get people to watch qualifying more because I'm like, this is it. You want to see the fastest motor car in the world at the time? It's right now at this race and this moment. Mm-hmm. And seeing, you know, and, and like especially Brazil, man, we had, we had a margin of eight tenths of a second from first to 20th. Like, you, you know, you, you say, oh, Danny Rick got P16 or P17 or whatever it was. But it's like, yeah, he was only eight, seven, in, seven tenths of a second off what Max did, though. You know, like it's it's like we, we, we think, oh, man, he, he qualified out of the top 10. He's slow. He's like, he's less than a second, second away. away. Yeah. And I think so if you're going to be the guy who can hook that up and be the the fastest car. At the moment, when it counts, I think that's worth a point. I think that's worth more of a point than fastest lap in the race, especially if you have a free pit stop and you can come in and get put fresh tires on. You know, like you're gonna you have a, you have a second to offset. What about you this? know? What about this? Kind of like driver of the day, have qualifier of the day, and you get a point. Yeah, but shouldn't qualifier of the day just be a guy on pole? How do you how do you win qualifier of the day and you're not on pole? Well, that would be how the 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 fans vote. It would be a fan involvement thing. Interesting. See, I, I, I forgot that little tidbit. It would be. Wow. A, what about this? Now that we're on the subject, I think I think fastest pit stop should get. There should be a way that pit stops can earn points. So it truly, really becomes a team. a team. Good point. Like if you like, let's be real. If, if McLaren, I think, I think if you would have asked fans when McLaren hit that one point eight second pit stop, yeah, give them a world championship point. <laughs> I mean, but for real, yeah. like that's that. I mean, we saw it in this race where pits cost points. Pits cost position. Oh, yeah. And definitely. so I feel like if you get yeah the DH like DHL fastest stop. That should be a, a, a point. I'd rather see that than fastest lap in the race, too. Because, again, if you can just go on and, as Brundle would say, put a fresh pair of boots on, and you're, you're, you're going out against cars that are, you know, you have 
they're a stint behind you on rubber. And I mean, shame on you for not getting the fastest lap. You know? Well, yeah, and it's the only time that that occurs in my mind is when there's enough of a pit delta. Yeah. And so... Well, but, or, or, but, but I mean, it doesn't have to be up at the front. Oftentimes, right. it's usually a car yeah. eight, nine position. Yeah, I think it's helpful to have, you know, for the slower teams. That seems kind of weird to say slower. Yeah. Formula One team. Yeah. But um, that if they have the, the delta gap to allow them to change tires and then pick up a world championship point, that may help with some parity. That's giving some points to teams that aren't consistently in the top 10 earning race points. But I think if you're one of those teams that's consistently outside of the top 10 and you get into the top 10, you're definitely not coming in for a pit stop. Probably not. Like even if even if you think you have a full delta to the next car, yeah. one blown wheel gun, one thing, yeah. you know, and you're you're that th- those one or two points, that's your championship. Yeah. So that's that's passing it you know, Alpine or something. In On the, the hunch that you're going to be fast. For one point, you know, for, yeah. you know, I, I don't think it's worth it. I don't, I don't think any, and, and rarely do we see fastest lap in the race be, you know, a racing pace lap too. Yeah. Like I know we saw Max and, 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 uh, oh, uh, Norris battling out with fastest laps in this race, but, um, I think it's it's much rare. It's much more common that it's somebody has a delta. They come in, get tires, they do a fastest lap, they get the extra point. Um, and I just I'd rather see that be a pole or a pit stop. Um, who was yeah? Norris ended up having the fastest lap. Oh yeah, he had that insane two second faster lap than anybody. That two and a half. Wasn't yeah, it? one point uh, one twelve point four. Uh, but even then. The pole lap was a one ten, one or one ten dead. So the the fastest lap of the race is still two seconds slower than the pole lap was, but it gets a world championship point. I just don't. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of leaning now toward the you know your qualification quality points. I think and can the fastest lap. The fastest lap should get the point. Fastest lap is the fastest lap. But wait, how dare you call DHL fastest lap two seconds slower than the pole lap the fastest lap? I just, pole is the fastest lap, always. Yeah. Give it a point. All right. I've said it enough, but yeah. I'll probably say it again. No, I, it's a good good talk about it. Yeah. But we got a lot to talk about yeah, still. All right. Yeah. So we have to talk about the just heartbreak of seeing LeClaire in a wall on a formation lap. I just couldn't believe it. And I, I think a lot of us thought he, you know, they were all saying, oh, he was trying to light up the rears or something, get some tire temp and just lost it. But if you no, go back. Nobody said stupid. Well, I don't oh, well, know. Wait, it's happened. Wait, <laughs> I wouldn't wait, say nobody. Like, <laughs> when Stroll, I mean, Mazepin <laughs> was on the, you know, there's people that have been stupid enough for sure. Oh. Um, but, uh, but no, if you go back and listen to the Onborns right before, even even though it's not the right view, um, it's actually facing him at the time, but uh, you can hear the car just go, Boo. like mm. it just shuts down. Uh, and he said, and I, I don't know if that was ever confirmed by Ferrari, but that it was a, a hydraulic issue 
that he lost hydraulics and that caused him. But that was quite a shunt, too. He hit hard. Um, yeah, it was a boink. He went boink. Which just also shows you, like, how fast, like, even when they're going slow, oh. how fast, like, when they're just like, well, do, 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 fast, you know, like, too fast for going slow, dude. Yeah, okay. that they're still fast enough to, like, cause barrier damage, you know. Enough to where they and break suspensions. And I mean, that car was, that car was broke. I also like that when they, uh, when they red flagged after that crash, that he went running back like he was going to try and get yeah. get back. I was like, your s- suspension's broken. How are you going to drive that car yeah. back to... Well, what was our conversation? Rem- I don't know if you remember. Oh, yeah. But in the old days where they had backup cars, yeah. where drivers would actually run back to the pits, get in their backup car, and go back out and race. Well, and then back in the old, like other olden days too, is you were really a second driver. And they would bring you in and say, get out. We got to put Fangio back in your car and send it Yo, out. Yeah, that's right. You know? Like, that's right. We got to get him to win. You, yeah. Fuck you. You're not. <laughs> like, you know, you think team orders is bad now and you have to get passed by your team. Oh, they yeah. used to just give you the old hook out of yeah. the car. But that was before, you know, these things are molded to it to them yeah. you know it's not yeah. they, these guys were just sitting in a leather seat <laughs> in t- t-shirts and t-shirts a, and it looked like a pop bottle cap just, on their head just drank three a, beers and smoked half a pack <laughs> of cigarettes <laughs> where's my uh, champagne for this pizza top uh, after all we have to change the tires with it so it would but but leclerc's lament you know my luck like and it's it's true he does have some pretty gnarly luck no kidding um it's, um but no, as it turned out, he seemed to have a catastrophic hydraulic failure. Yeah, because there was smoke coming out from under the car. Um, shout out Peter Windsor; he was given the details of this. But also, according to Peter Windsor, uh, um, signs Carlos was having trouble with shifts. Yeah, particularly yeah. downshifts. Yeah, and so there was something, and apparently they've been having trouble with a new clutch setup they've been using. In fact, Windsor said that they replaced uh, clutches on both the Ferraris mm. before the race. Interesting. Because they just didn't feel like they had it. And I don't, and there's talk of um, basically uh, Windsor was a uh, paraphrased quote of the driver saying, let's get rid of these. We need to go. We've got to get rid of these clutches. They're, they're, they're no good. We they can't trust them. They're not, they're not consistent. Huh. Interesting. So it's like, he's, and then that's when, um, uh, it was like apparently back in the old days, um, if f- Ferrari workers just got pissed, they just didn't build. <laughs> they just, oh, so what is, so what? Monaco, who cares? Yeah. We're on strike. Yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and because it's just the, just the Italian way, I guess. And so there were weekends. It was lunch. What did you want? Yeah, it was lunch. <laughs> I, 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 I cut a few corners to get your clutch, you know. I mean, you know, what's your complaint? Um, uh, this race, when we, we all get into our, our predictions, because Dad, we we, Dad was really close. I was, I was close but off. Um, but none of us, we really couldn't have seen that. But this was a proper old school race of attrition uh race as well both in in crashes 
and in and mechanical and for and reliability, like we were just alluding to with um, Ferrari and and stuff. But what? How many DNFs do we have? Five DNFs. One, one, two, three, four, no, five, six. Six. So we had the craziness at the start where we lost Albon, Magnussen, um, and then Leclerc. In the formation, during the formation. We lap. lost Leclerc in formation lap, but then we lost Albon and Magnussen. We were lucky to not lose Hulkenberg. But I think Hulkenberg, Piastri, Ricardo all had so much damage and that right. was really the reason for being 14 13 12 yeah and i mean honestly getting oscar's car back out on the track was was a an accomplishment because oh, yeah. that i mean rear wing damage is is no joke to fix it's not like front wings where they just you know unplug and 12 yeah. seconds you're you're back out on the track running yeah uh and they do it in a pit stop these are i mean it's major yeah, I think, rebuild. I think the um, rear wing actually has components associated with it that's involved with rear suspension. Oh, yeah. And other structural yeah. aspects of the car. But then there's also the diffuser that got jacked up yeah. and all that. Well, and so I think that's what They got his wing back on, but that... The it was carrying damage. I mean, yeah. there's no reason that uh, a McLaren... That you know, mm-hmm. even though it was Piastri and it was his first time racing Sao Paulo, the pace of that McLaren was was over a one lap was was actually faster mm-hmm. than the Red Bull. Um, well, apparently the uh, McLaren without DRS was several kilometers an hour faster. Yeah, that's what line, I'm saying. Than than uh, Red Bull, so. So uh, when you have Norris P2, P1 in certain sessions, I mean, he, mm-hmm. he got to pull in the sprint shootout. Um, but, you know, Oscar should have easily right. been well, cruising up Danny above Rick Lance Stroll. A, Danny Rick had a great weekend. Totally. And just didn't have it. He got broke. Yeah. I mean, broke enough. Well, and then they, I mean, they were kind of at, at a disadvantage on the restart because, so we learned something at this race that when a, when a a session is red oh, flagged yeah. and they come in and Brundle said called it the crocodile of the of the pack, like especially when it's on a start finish straight like that and they have to bring them into the pits, that you saw cars stay in the pit lane and then some cars that were damaged got pulled out of the pit lane and put into the garage to have work done on them. Um they have to then go through the formation lap, but then come back in and start from the pit yeah. lane, mm-hmm. um, which I don't remember ever really seeing that. And uh, and that was, I even, like, we were like, what's, what is going to happen to these cars? Because it did look like cars went past them. Mm-hmm. So I thought at best they were going to have to start from the back, back of the, the grid, grid, but it's even worse. They yeah. have to start from the pit lane. And that ended up being... A, a quite a, a disadvantage, especially at, at, at Interlagos, because the pit lane is such a long pit yeah, lane. It's a long, um, yeah. And I mean, I think they came out after a lap down mm-hmm. just by the time they got out on track. Yeah. And so, um, credit to them, but they were, <laughs> Danny, Rick, and Piastri were battling until I think sustained damage just left Oscar at, at too much of a disadvantage to Ricardo. But I mean, you know, Everybody up to Ocon got lapped too, so mm-hmm. I mean it, it's a short it's a short racetrack. So, um, 
But yeah, and then we lost um, Joe and Botas both to mechanical stuff, and I think they said cooling. But from what I heard, that's that's code for Ferrari power unit. <laughs> like, and they just don't want to criticize Ferrari because they'll lose their their power yeah. unit supplier. Yeah. Oh, you don't like a power unit? Okay, you don't have to have it. Okay, <laughs> instead of using Kamloops, we'll use our spit. Yeah. See how far you get there. And then. We, I guess we can move on to talking about Mercedes here because they had to end up retiring Russell. Um, and we'll spend a little bit of time talking about George Russell because you're not doing yourself any favors, George. Like, you're really not. And we've been I've been holding my tongue about it for a little while. Um, but first of all, Mercedes' pace was, was dog shit. Let's just call a spade a spade. What the hell? Happened? I don't think... And and I think it's it's even more poignant and highlighted because they won this race last year. Oh, that's right. You know, this George was the, the one race that they won, and like yeah. we were all. I think. I mean, let's talk about our. I guess we'll talk about our race predictions. Dad said Max P one, Norris P two, Hamilton P three, and I said Norris Hamilton Max. I basically just jumbled that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Dad got two of the three right. But, I mean, when we were looking at that, we saw two back-to-back P2s for Hamilton. We, we, we really saw them seeming to come to grips with that car and that package. Yeah. We were both like, man, Ham- and then Hamilton's an honorary Brazilian. Like, it's one of his favorite tracks. Mm-hmm. He does so well there all the time. Uh, you know, I think of that, the 21 drive there, which was just probably one of the greatest sprint and race drives i've ever seen mm-hmm. ever period i thought there would be no way and you know they won there last year they 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 have had to have been looking forward to brazil all year like okay well if we did it last year we can sure shit do it this year and then they show up and they are they finished hamilton was a minute off the pace of max by the end of the race a minute off the pace that's just that is the worst deficit a mercedes has been i think ever to a leading car i didn't focus on that being a minute a minute um lewis hamilton 62.8 seconds and i think and 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 it's a hundred percent that if albon wouldn't have would have been in that race if ricardo wouldn't have uh, suffered damage if Piastri wouldn't have suffered damage, um, that there that they, we would have seen the McLaren or Mercedes not in the points at all. What what took got George out of the race? He was retired. He had cooling. They said they he had engine engine, temp, engine oil temperatures That's right. at critical levels. Yeah, it was the engine oil temp. They specifically. And, but, but before he was retiring, he he was out of the points. He yeah. got lapped before he got retired. That was so you're you're talking minutes out of minute minute plus mm-hmm. out of the pace of your leading car, and you're just falling backwards and backwards and like literally Brundle said you know looked looked like they had a parachute. I mean, so we and and, and the more concerning thing with all of this is because they saw that pace in the sprint race, and they they considered doing what um because they had significant upgrades left from from uh mexico that they mm-hmm. were still coming to understand 
and they considered doing what uh, Aston Martin had done and taking the penalties, starting from the the pit lane and reverting the car back because they were su- at such a deficit. But they said, but we wouldn't have known what to change. Mm. Like when asked, they still the, the, like I watched clips this morning of Russell and he's and they said, you know we. We think it's tires. I, that, I mean, the car is not any different. Um, but the fact that they don't actually know what happened, and then the thing that usually is good about your car is bad, because all season long, the one thing that Mercedes could say that was a positive column in their in their bleakness was that they were good on tires over a race because they have more downforce which usually was because they have to run a larger wing because they're they're having to run a higher ride height. So same thing this this week. They actually, coming off of Austin and Mexico and stuff, they actually left the car up a little bit higher, so they were losing downforce to the ground effect of that, so they put a bigger wing on, So which meant that they were nowhere on the straights, but then they were still losing time in the corners. They were slip-sliding, rear-happy. I mean, you could see it from... from the TV, let alone being behind them, that they just had no pace in the straight, and then they were scrubbing so much off their tires, they were nowhere on that second stint. I mean, when you see an AlphaTauri and you see an Alpine and you see these cars passing Mercedes, you're like, Wah. and last year, a year ago, you were winning? You were you were one, two, battling for the win? I mean... Well, you know, it's a works team. They're... I was looking this up. Aston Martin is a Mercedes part in it. Right? Well, that's that they they brought that up during the race that when you have customer teams, yeah. both Aston Martin and McLaren are mm, customers customer of McLaren or of, of Mercedes. And Alpine beat them, although they're not they're not Mercedes, a but they're a works team themselves. Yeah, right? but they've been ahead of Alpine. You know, it's not a problem. I mean. It was so. If we look at the best finishing customer Mercedes engine was Fernando Alonso. And well, strolls up there in five too, and no Norris, yeah. Norris P two. Oh yeah, Alonso P three. And so we're talking stroll P five. So it's like uh, we're like almost a minute behind. Norris. Yeah. Well, because Norris was only eight, ten, eight seconds off. So, yeah. I mean, you're, you're 45 plus seconds off of your customer your team. team. And, I mean, it's just, it, I mean, and I think, you know, they're, I think Hamilton said, you know, we're just counting down the days, honestly. But, again, this was, this was supposed to be the bright spot end to their year. That oh, okay, we're we're ma- I, and that's what I thought. You know, I was getting really amped. I think I even said it on the pod that, you know, watch out for next year. I think you know if P two P two P two, and I was fully expecting another P two from Hamilton at least. But man, to be down in eighth, getting passed by Gasly, and yeah, and I mean, Sonoda kind of was these, closing in, man. Kind of these visions of Mercedes finally coming back. I was feeling it. You know, I thought that. I, so, can Lewis get number eight world well, championship? But I mean, it's but not today. <laughs> <laughs> not with this one. Oh yeah, 
Get number eight. You mean finishing eight? <laughs> hang on to the hang on to the points. I mean, and I think mm-hmm. again, he was lucky that that Oscar had damage. He's lucky mm-hmm. that Ricardo yeah. had damage. He's lucky that Leclerc didn't even start. I mean, and and Albon right there, they would have all passed him. Leclerc would have been past him. Uh, Oscar would have been past him. I mean, it was. It, they're lucky that the the attrition was the rate it was, it, or they would have had a, a zero points finish in Brazil, which would have just been. Uh, but I think the more concerning thing is that they don't know what happened. They <laughs> still don't know what happened to That's, their pace. Why? Why when you're running that much river rear wing that you're that slow on the straights, are you are you burning your tires up in the corners? Mm-hmm. I just that's scary to to be two races out at the end of the season and not know what's going on with your car still mm-hmm. doesn't bode much confidence for next year, no. but we will see what we'll see. The, we still have two races left and let's hope that they can um, can do something about it. Um, Speaking of brilliance, we got to spend a little bit of time talking. I know we're running. We're, we got crews here. Yeah, let's Because go. we got a lot of good. We've saved the best for last, but, man, how good is Norris? Good enough to be a world champion for sure. I think, I mean, it's crazy. They were, I was, I, they were talking about it on the race because he tied a, a record this year or this, this race. Most podiums without a win. He's tied. And I don't remember the guy mm. that he's tied with um, from before I started really watching. But um, and like that can read either positively or negatively. Like if you were looking at if that was Perez, who was you know most podiums without a win, and it's Perez, and you've been sitting in a Red Bull for mm-hmm. most of that time, and you just, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Norris now has more P2 finishes than. Perez does. I think you're right. I think you. We, I think they were tied that. going into it, and now since Perez didn't even get on the podium, which we'll talk about next. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I, I actually don't think that it's a negative. I mean, there's a lot of memes and stuff on on F1 about Norris. You know, like that I haven't. I have to show them to you, but it's like a very aged filter of Norris, like getting out of a car and he's like got gray hair and stuff. And he's like, you know, finally my first win. <laughs> you know, like, uh, so I know a lot of people love to, to criticize him, but he hasn't really ha- ever had a P1 car. He hasn't had a race winning car. And so to have as many podiums as he does, he's del- getting, getting results that are above the car. Like, and then the only time that he, you know, we had Russia 21 where that was just a team, I think, being unfamiliar with making race winning decisions again Mm. and call and you know, making a bad call and and blowing that. And if the rain would have held off, he would have been a race winner for years now. And then Monza, you know, that was just Danny was in the right place, you know, like mm. he just beat him on the qualifying day when it mattered and the and the race or earlier segments of the race. Um but it's coming. I re I mean there is a race win coming. I and I like I said, my prediction was Norris Hamilton Max. I thought it was gonna be here. This one. I really did. And then there was after <laughs> the race restart the second time after the red flag, 
there was a moment when I, I, it was, it, I thought, I was like, oh, dad nailed it. Cause they were, it was running, Hamil- it was running Max, Max Norris Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, we are so good. <laughs> I was like, well, I may be wrong in the order, but I got, we got the top three. We got my, lo- my luck shined on my fantasy Formula One, but not on my fantasy football. Oh, weekend, yeah. So. Um, it's not, it's not good. <laughs> we're lucky. So I really thought this was the race. I thought, it's shorter track. It's it, not a ton of high speed stuff. Well, and Norris has just got bad timing. I mean, he's he's got a good car. It's just that it's the Red Bull RB nineteen dominance. Well, I mean, he, I, and, and, and they said that on the race that if this would have been last year, even, mm-hmm. and they had the car this of this caliber, Norris would have easily taken some wins off. And I mean, if you take Max out of the equation, just Max, mm-hmm. leave the RB19, the RB19, yeah. he would have won this race. Yeah, because clearly Max has got... He's got something that... He's got some He's in another gear right gifts. now. He's just got gifts, man. Um, he's just in another gear compared to the field. And in an, it, I mean, we've, we've said it. We don't really need to, to dwell on it. But I mean, if this would have been more typical seasons and just not you know, the best driver of the time in the best car at the time. Like there's just nothing you can do. I don't think mm-hmm. there's something that Norris could have done. And he, I mean, he, he, he threw it all at it. There was that, he almost got past him at that one in that first stint. Um, I mean, it's the closest. And I think we heard a, a, a concerned max, like what the fuck is a car doing next to me? Like, yeah. like he's not used to seeing cars and is like being yeah. making moves on him within eight seconds. I, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I, I, I also, that gives me excitement for next year that with a, a, a season of development, more wind tunnel time, like, Red Bull having less wind tunnel time. And isn't McLaren going to be having their new facility? I think it's, yeah. I think Except both both, nor, both McLaren and uh, Aston Martin will have new wind tunnels come online. Yeah, they'll be up to full speed then. Is that? I think I think so. We'd have to double check that. But, but I mean, um, Norris, I just think, drove exceptional. Um, he got the fastest lap. He got driver of the day. Um, that that jump off the off the line because he was out of position in qualifying, and he that start was amazing. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. started in seventh, and by the end of turn one, was in second place. Yeah, like that was unbelievable. Uh, and then just drove well. I mean, he. He he was trying. I think it, they they you know toward that last stint they settled into okay we're we're gonna have uh, you know second place and that's gonna be good enough. But I mean they were in a league of their own compared to the rest of the field. It, you know it reminded me of the of Vettel and Max or um, uh, Max and Hamilton in twenty one where you know you're twenty seconds ahead of the the rest of the the mm-hmm. field because it was. Each of them had a had a pit stop in hand. It was you know thirty four seconds to Fernando was the deficit between between Fernando and and Alon, uh, Norris. Yeah, and that's just I mean it just shows you how fast they were going comparatively to the rest of the field. Uh, but yeah, Norris is just is he's a talent, and I I really can't wait to see him get that first win. It's going to be cool. 
how cool would it be if it's at, I, I hope it doesn't take all the way to Silverstone for him to get it, but how cool would it be to be at Silverstone? Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever. Okay. We got to talk about Perez, uh, Perez again, because, and we will talk simultaneously talk about Alonzo. Um, oh, we didn't even talk about Russell. We never, well, okay. We got to talk about Russell because he was a whiny bitch <laughs> again. It's like it was kind of pathetic. Like, dude, you're you're not a very likable guy. I wonder if he's like he needs like a coach or something, and be like, you're not very likable, and you're not doing yourself any favors to become more likable. What was that race? I think it was Qatar when he passed passed somebody, and he goes big move, big move, and it was like that was for eighth place, dude. Like, first of all, and wait for somebody to congratulate you. You, yeah. Don't, don't, did you guys see how good I did? Like, it just is not a good look. Yeah. And then, and then just some of the way he was talking back to his engineers, like, hey, we need you to manage turn 11. And he's like, well, do you want me to race or do you want me to manage? Because I'm a racing driver here. And it's that like, was, that was sickening. And then he was sitting there behind Lewis at one point looking pretty quicker than Lewis. And going, well, I wasn't saying anything because I thought it was obvious. But what are we doing here? What are we doing? You gonna get him out of my way? Like, and I'm just like, dude, what? Yeah, what is going on with you? Yeah, you know, originally he kind of liked the guy, but when he pulls that condescending anti, I mean, he's just causing strife in the team. I don't know, and I and I, I mean, you weren't the first choice by Lewis, anyways. Mm. Like. I just think like you should count your blessings that you are where you are. And I wouldn't be rocking that boat, at least not until Hamilton gets that eight and, and gets out of there. But I mean, he's, I just wouldn't fuck around with a guy named Toto. <laughs> it looks like Toto. Lewis. Oh, I mean, yeah. Like, how do you try and pull rank in that team? You know, like you're no. nobody, dude, you're nobody. Yeah, no doubt. Look what Wolf's doing with the teams that want to come in. they He's powerful, man. Uh, so I just, whatever. We had to get that out. Of yeah. There. Now on to what we really, what we all want to talk about. And that was the battle between Perez and Alonzo. And <sighs> A, how great that made Alonzo look and how bad that made Perez look. But how fun was it to oh, watch? Oh, it was, it was brilliant. <laughs> the fun I mean, factor was off the charts. It, it saved the end of the Grand Prix. Oh, yeah. Let's be real. It totally. saved the end of the Grand Prix. But you and I were sitting there watching the race together, and we saw it was 10 laps, and it was like he was already in DRS. And I was just like, there's no way. I'm sorry. There's just no way Alonzo's going to hang on for 10 laps because Perez looked on form for like, mm. like a, a Perez we haven't seen in a while. Yeah, He qualified with... At some at certain points, he was within a tenth of max in qualifying, and I think he got he got hung out on the wet on the weather. But I think in Q two he was one less than a tenth off of max, mm. which is I think one of the the closest deficits he's had. And then he was driving on form in the race. I mean, he you know he was making passes. He was, uh, you know, Brundle made a comment on braking, which was is somewhere where Perez has struggled in the last months. I mean, it was his best results since Monza. I mean, he was on a slump, and it was really nice to see him out of that slump, especially coming off of 
of the devastation of your home Grand Prix and crashing out on turn one. Um, so I was just like, there is no way Alonso's going to hang on to this. And he, to his credit, I mean, you want to talk about what experience? Yeah. Like that. No doubt. There's, uh, there, maybe Lewis, you know, could have done that. Mm-hmm. It reminded me a little bit too of um, that Monaco win that Danny Rick had, mm-hmm. where for he, you know, just knew it was it was putting a battery down when he needed it, charging it when he needed it, knew exactly where to be. But that was a little bit easier because it was Monaco, yeah. you know. But still, I mean, this is a this is a passing circuit. Mm-hmm. We saw overtake after overtake after overtake this weekend, and Alonso just. I mean, when he has that feel and that confidence in his car, I mean, he was just changing up the driving styles, but deploying the battery. And and then, I mean, the battle alone would have been good enough. And then when Perez actually gets the move done on that DRS into turn one, I was like, well, okay. we. I mean, we saw it coming, and yeah. they gave us a battle. After all. I mean, <laughs> he's in an RB19, yeah. and that's what Aston Martin, yeah. you know? And... Um, but, and then Perez made that error, and Alonso is the guy that just is, is I think it's it's it, him, why I think when uh, Hamilton and Alonso were teammates, why they were such, so frictiony and, and, mm. and confrontational, is because they're so alike in their relentless nature of how they view and, and react in the sport, is that if there's even a faint width with of possibility mm-hmm. it's blood in a water and in their sharks yeah. you know like they do not know how to back out you know and as soon as hamilton or as soon as perez made that error i was like he's coming back did he have a little lockup with that he, he went he went deep yeah, into he one. went dip into one just not much no no, no 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 i mean it wasn't like he blew the turn yeah but but it was a little uncalculated that a he made that pass on the first DRS zone instead of into Restoraposte on that the back That's straight, right, yeah. Um, where because we saw that all the time, you know, you'd get an overtake into one down the front start finish straight, and but then you're leaving because it's one detection point. There were a lot of that you have DRS into the yeah. into four. Yeah. Um, there was a fair number of, you know, passes and then repasses. Oh, yeah, it was. In that stretch. It was that was beautiful. so beautiful. It was awesome. Um, but but let's be real, too, that, you know, as to the critics of DRS, I don't think Alonzo would have made that move without DRS down into four because the Rebel was faster. Yeah. And then the fact that we had the comeback and a f- literal photo finish. Oh. 0.05 seconds determined the podium and i actually thought i thought perez had it though from that first camera angle well yeah it wasn't really easily seen the start finish line but it i wouldn't have been surprised if they would have called checo but the p3 but how is that not a bad result for checo well well compared relatively compared to What's been going on? I mean, his teammate in the same car is 34 seconds on yeah, the road. Yeah, right. And yet, Perez had to, I mean, he had to pass Russell. He had to pass Sainz. He had to pass Hamilton. He battled with Alonso so, for lap after lap. So, yes, he had to get through more. You know, this is a plus finish for him, no doubt. But is it? Is it? Well. Is it? 
Yeah. Because that was... I don't think it is. Because eh. the way you really look at that, if you look at the facts of what happened and, and ignore the excitement and our love for wanting to just see good racing, that's a driver in a superior car making an error in a turn and losing a podium. Mm-hmm. That's the fact of eh. what happened. I, I guess I'm trying to think of what the... Um, you know what Christian Horner's been saying. He's our guy for next year. Blah blah yeah. blah. In that perspective, um, that's where I'm coming from. That I think it was a plus finish for him. I also thought it but, was was interesting because there was a big drama and rumor mill during the week that Alonzo and him could be swapping places next year. Until finally, Alonzo came out and said, "This is reckless." And I'm gonna I'm gonna take reparations from whoever's spreading these rumors because it's not true. Because yeah. that that means that it really never was true, and it was somebody that was just spreading the rumors. Yeah. But it is it it is funny that that happened <laughs> that that photo finish happened between those two after yeah. that rumor. Well, we don't know. I just can't see a way that that you can spin that into a positive result for Perez. That was a miss. He should have passed Alonso. I don't care that it's Alonso. Well, what if it was? He just didn't have the tires. Although I'm not sure, because it seemed like. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. He, I, I I don't. I mean, yes, Alonso's brilliant and drove brilliantly, but I'm sorry, but if you you if you're fighting for your seat, you got and you have a chance to get on the podium and you don't, that's gotta count as a miss. And I honestly thought I didn't think I would see Alonso back on the podium. (laughs) I, and I, I actually, funny enough, put him on my grid rival team because I just, you know, with the budget that I had and Alonzo for the price he was sitting at, I was like, well, I guess I'll go for it. It's better than Ocon, you know, <laughs> like or somebody like that. But little did I know. Yeah. Uh, Paid off big. Big. because Well, luckily, because my other drivers were Leclerc and Albon, so that was real, yeah. you know. Um <laughs> But yeah, I, I I don't I don't see how I mean I loved it I thought it was brilliant but in yeah. the end that what if that was the the coffin or the nail in the coffin I don't know I don't think it is I think he's at least gonna start next year but I just don't know I just don't know I don't think he's gonna have a full season unless he starts out really well yeah there's something but also who's gonna take his place besides Ricardo. I really don't see a, a viable other option besides Ricardo. Well, at this point, yeah. Because I mean, you or or all the, the contract I, stuff. I, I mean, the only you know maybe you could you get you get somebody like a Leclerc that wants to jump Ferrari because of the shit that they're having to put up with. Mm. But even then, I don't think Horner would want to put a Leclerc next to Max. I don't want. I don't think they want a. Anybody to come, they need somebody that just is one or two tenths off of Max consistently and can be on the podium every other week. That yeah. Max isn't, or or if Max isn't there, they are, yeah. you know, but. Yeah, I, I, I just, I think, and I think that's really why they're, there's hanging on to Perez is because there's not really another viable option. Botox, <laughs> just hey, you, you know how to be a number two driver. <laughs> like, yeah. you've been there, but you can write the book. I don't know. Okay, we got Vegas next. I would love to do race predictions. 
Um, but I mean, it's a it's a real unknown here. Um, you went first last time. Oh, have you heard about what's been happening in Vegas? By the way, too, we also have to talk about that. Will you pull up the um, schedule that we were talking about the other day on your iPad? Schedule it at Vegas because we have to talk about yeah. the insanity that is that. Yeah. So apparently, all over there's all these like um, pedestrian walkways that are just in a part of the city of Vegas around the strip where the track is going to be. And Formula One went and put this film up so that you couldn't watch the track. It's like this non-seeing film, and all of the citizens have just been ripping it off. Because <laughs> it's like, fuck you, man. On the walkways. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, hey, man, if you're going to arrest somebody's city for um, – for for your event, give let people if they if they can stand in an, in an uncomfortable place and watch a race, let them. Just yeah. let them. You're not getting <laughs> enough money from your fourteen thousand dollar hamburgers, you know. Yeah. Um, but anyways, we have um, practice one is on November sixteenth. It's at nine thirty to ten thirty p.m. Then practice two is the next day, the 17th, but it's at 1 to 2 a.m. Well, just several hours later. Just, just, but, but yeah, 1 to 2 a.m. Just like, yeah. And then you have practice three later that day, the 17th, at 9.30 to 10.30 p.m. And then Sunday the 18th, we have our Saturday qualifying session, which is at 1 to 2 a.m. And then our race the fall of the 18th, later the 18th at 10 p.m. at night. Or 11, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One hour before midnight, 11 p.m. Huh. <laughs> I really didn't expect that a race in, in my time zone <laughs> yes. would be something I'm watching the next day. Yeah. It's... Well, you could stay up. I don't know if I could. Yeah. But definitely not qualifying at 1 to 2 a.m. No way. That's And I, I heard that it's so that European viewers, it'll be more in a prime time for European. And I guess, you know, it is a, it is a busy downtown area of the city. And I wonder if Vegas was also going. You can't, it can't be at 4 in the afternoon on a Sunday. Sorry. That's a good point. But, it, you know, we have to talk about... I don't think we've ever actually talked to the to the pod fans about why Vegas is special. Why this particular race is special and different than every other race on the calendar. This is the first time Formula One is putting on a race. The way it usually works, like like how we just saw that Brazil got renewed to 2030, is circuits or... or, or, or Towns like Monaco or Singapore, but circuits pay F1 to host a race for F1 to say, okay, yeah, yeah, we'll come to your track, but you give us $20, 30000000 million and we'll be there. This race is F1 selected Vegas, built this, this paddock that they're, they built. It's, it's going to be a permanent thing, I guess. $250 million for just that. Then all the road resurfacing all the infrastructure that they're putting in somewhere 
in the excess of a billion dollars that they're putting into this. And it's to gain U.S. viewers? But you're putting it at 2 o'clock in the morning, 1 o'clock in the morning, next to midnight. I just... Because it's prime time in Europe. So, but if but if you're... Tr- what are you trying to do? Appeal to European viewers mm. and your fan base? Or gain U.S. viewers? Plus, it's it's so expensive that nobody can really go. Right. And I guess I guess they're reneging now because stuff went unsold because it was so expensive. Yeah. Hotel rooms are empty still. Seats are still empty. And well, now they're going, please, no, come, come, come here. Yeah. We'll, we'll drop it. We'll drop it. We'll drop yeah, it. Yeah, dudes like you and me, we were saying, oh, this been. is going to be great. We're going to... We can road know, trip there. We can just road trip there, man. Yeah. And then it comes back, you look into the price of these things, and we're going... We're out of this thing, kid. Well, and imagine living there. Imagine being so stoked to see it and be living oh, there. Oh, yeah. And then you go, oh, no, you you live here, and, you, and we're, we're taking over your city, and we're making this, we're destroying landmarks, we're cutting down trees, we're, but, and you can't even come. Just stay home and watch it at TV. Yeah. This is for, this is for Europeans to fly into. So, well, yeah, and. But I who's going to fly in to stay up till midnight, 1 a.m.? Well, that's right, but I think they're catering to the wealthy, and it backfired. But what wealthy person? What star? What what athlete is gonna? Well, you know, it's Vegas. You know, I guess. I mean, twenty four seven exists, is, but is, I mean, you know, twenty four seven is gonna have the most coke, coked out grid walk we've yeah, ever we, seen. What we could do is oh, we could probably go down there and document, you know, like all of the drunks and strung outs. I think it's gonna hanging be, around the ranch. I wonder how much that's gonna play a because. Let's be real. They've been in, we, like the drivers, they're not flying to this race. Well, maybe they will. I don't know because they do have a week off. But like they've just spent a month in this time zone, basically, you know, in a yeah. North American time zone. And then they're going to have these this odd hours of the race. It's bizarre to me. I really, I really think it's a weird, I'm very excited for it. But I really don't see myself Are there watching gonna be any butts in the seats, though. I you mean, know, we're talking. Oh, there, we had 400,000 this weekend. And, 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 I don't and, think uh, it's going to compete and then, with and then Austin. In Vegas, no we had 125,000 this weekend, you know, because uh, it's going to be, I think, I think there's enough. This one will be big no matter what, just because inaugural. when, yeah. when, it, when in recent years have we seen anything remotely close to this? Never. I think this, I mean, this is history making. And I mean, it's going to, it's going to smash the Caesars Palace. What are, yeah. What are F1 they? Out. What are What's the deal on, I didn't uh, really focus or look into ticket prices and accommodations. Well, they were, I mean, they started selling them at Costco. (laughs) Like you could go to Costco and buy Formula Formula One seats because they couldn't sell them. So, Uh, um, but okay, let's get, let's get our, our race predictions in because we're, we're well over an hour. Yikes. Um, you went first last week, so... Man, I'm going Norris again. I just maybe with the with the shakeup, it's a street circuit. Um, I'm going. I'm going Norris P1. Her no, no. I'm I'm re- I'm reneging. I'm already reneging. It's going to be a Red Bull that finishes for first, but it's not going to be Max. It's going to be Perez. Street King. Perez is going to come in and nail a. He's going to finish strong with a P one. 
Your P1? My P1 will be Max. <laughs> Boring. Mm. Okay. P2, I'm going to say Norris again. Three P2s in a row, but it's still going to be great. Norris P2. Your P2? Perez. One, two for Red Bull, huh? Mm-hmm. Will there be a battle between them at all, at least? Be some drama? Oh, no, it'll still be a 30-second. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's Unless Perez grows something. All right. Like a scrotal. P3. It's going to be Max. I'll just say Max. Nah, well, yeah. I'll put Max because it's real. And your P3? Norris. I think you did better again, but I got to go with my gut, man. I got to go with my go gut. Go with your gut. And Danny Rick, I'm going to put a disclaimer, too, that Danny Rick's going to finish well. Top Danny Rick. Seven? Danny Rick, top seven. Okay, I'll go with that. Could be five. Cool. Because he's, well, you know, he's, he sees, you know, if Perez doesn't do well, and he, it might make a, it might make a difference for well, him next huh? year. I, I mean, Danny Rick is that he's been he's was one of the big early proponents of a Vegas race. So mm. I'm, I'm happy we're actually going to get to see Danny Rick in Vegas. Vegas. It's going to be a wild scene for sure. <laughs> but uh, we'll be back uh, after Vegas with another episode, another race reaction, and we'll have I'm sure plenty to talk about. Uh, so uh, we'll we'll see you all then. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Stay groovy, everybody. Adios. Uh-huh.